0: This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, April the 8th, and we're going to start off today talking about the Covid vaccine and in particular, the AstraZeneca jab. Younger people in Kent are now going to be offered an alternative vaccine after rare cases of blood clots were identified. You may have heard about this. Figures suggest there's a four in a million chance of developing one and more research is underway. Well, our colleagues at KMTV have been speaking to Strew GP Dr Julian Spinks.
1: Well, there's been two press conferences, one from the European Medicines Agency, the other one from the UK, looking at the AstraZeneca vaccine. They they now feel it is more likely that there is an association with the blood clots. Um, What they're saying is that, uh, particularly if there's very low levels of the virus in the community, that the uh, risk may outweigh the benefits for under 30s. Um, Why is that? Why is there a, a difference in age groups? It's because there's a slightly higher risk of blood clots from the numbers they're seeing. And also because the risk from uh, the virus of getting a severe disease is much, much lower. So the benefits and risks balance the wrong way. For older people, Mm -hmm. still more benefits. For um, uh, if there's higher numbers in the community, particularly if we get another outbreak, it massively outweighs even for the under 30s, but instead, what they're going to do is steer away from the AstraZeneca mm. vaccine for under 30s. This is obviously affecting the 18 to 29s, so they will be the, offered the alternatives, but there will be people watching at home tonight who are in older and who are expecting a vaccine soon who might then be offered the Oxford AstraZeneca jab and might not want it. What can they say in that situation? I mean, my advice would be take it mm. absolutely. Uh, it, with that one exception, with low virus and under 30, mm. everybody benefits far more. And if you look at the risk, it's about four in a million. Uh, if you look at a young woman taking the pill, that's four in 10,000, so 100 times the risk of a blood clot from taking a routine sort of medication. And just looking at these, uh, the, the, the younger people and how it affects People. Have you seen more people getting sick from the jab? Obviously, unpaid carers, the younger generation are the ones that are getting it at the moment. Have you seen people getting sick getting adverse reactions? No, not really. Mm. Uh, it's a pretty benign mm. um, vaccine. You know, most people have a bit of a sore arm or a slight fever, but very little else. This is an incredibly rare side effect. Uh, and so really, and honestly, the benefit still is very much in favour of the vaccine.
0: The health secretary has today insisted there's more than enough supply of Pfizer and Moderna vaccine to give to the under 30s who choose not to have AstraZeneca. Matt Hancock also insisted the jab is still safe for all ages and scientists say cases of blood clots are extremely rare. Well a study today has also found vaccinations are breaking the link between positive tests and deaths. Cases in England have fallen by around 60% since February. Elsewhere, the Mass Coronavirus Vaccination Centre in Thanet is going to host a catch-up clinic next week for teenagers who've missed other routine immunisations. The county's NHS Trust has already trialled a successful drive-through session during the pandemic to make sure school pupils get their HPV, meningitis or booster jabs. It's hoped around 300 more youngsters will get their vaccinations up to date at the former Saga Call Centre in Ramsgate on Tuesday. Kent Online News. A woman in her 60s has been left tied up for two days following a violent burglary in a Kent village. She was tricked into letting a man into her home on Staplehurst Road in Frittenden on Easter Sunday after he posed as a cyclist and asked for some water. He then stole money and valuables before assaulting her. She was found by police on Tuesday after friends became concerned they couldn't contact her. We have got a description of the suspect at kentonline.co.uk. A couple of shocking cases from court now and a serial rapist from Folkestone is starting 24 years in prison. A court heard how Stephen Dole's victims suffered nightmares and panic attacks. The 42-year-old from Trinity Crescent carried out the attacks over the course of a decade. A couple who tortured a former magistrate at his home in Canterbury and taunted him about his sexuality are due to be sentenced. Vince McMahon was said to have been left afraid to leave his own home after it happened in March 2019. He died 18 months later of unrelated causes. The pair have been remanded in custody until Monday. Dashcam footage has emerged showing the moment a lorry jackknifed on the M25 and was left dangling over a bridge above the A2. Both roads were closed for more than 12 hours following the crash yesterday afternoon. Police say thankfully there were no serious injuries. You can see that video footage at Kent Online. A Kent student has started a campaign to allow women with endometriosis to freeze their eggs on the NHS. 20-year-old Rhiannon Hurl from Yalding suffers from the painful condition which causes infertility problems in about half of those who have it. More than 25,000 people have so far signed her petition. Sure. Anyone wanting to stand in the local elections in Kent next month has to have their nomination papers in today. The names of all those wanting to be a county councillor Will be published tomorrow, and we get to go to the polls to vote on May the 6th. A vote on who should be the county's police and crime commissioner is also taking place on the same day.
2: The Kent Online Podcast
0: with Serenity Parks. Now, the owner of a music venue in Thanet has told the Kent Online podcast around a third of his audiences wouldn't turn up if they had to show a COVID passport to book tickets. Now, earlier in the week, you might remember, we told you about the idea of these COVID certificates. They're to show that you've had a vaccine and are being considered by the government as a way of getting big events back on again. Andre Dack is from the Ramsgate Music Hall and he's been asking regulars what they think of the idea.
3: General consensus is that if if it means gigs can return, then most people are you know it's fair to say that they'll they'll accept the facts that you know the this is the way things are going to go if it means that they can go back to to live music um I'd say looking at the polls it's about sixty five percent of people who say that if it means gigs will return then they're they're happy to accept that you know, COVID certificates is the way it's going to happen. Um, But 65% of people, obviously, it's the majority, but that's still 35% who aren't comfortable with it. And 35% of our audience is quite a big, it's quite a big portion of our audience. Um, And I don't feel particularly, I don't feel particularly, um, you know, it's not something that sits very comfortably with me, the fact that we're, you know, potentially letting down 35% of our audience, not that it's us letting people down as such, but yeah, I feel it's it's still quite a contentious issue, and the polls we've done, um, although it does give a general consensus that people are happy to accept it on the whole, if it means we can get back to to things like live music, um, it still makes quite a few people quite anxious about it. Uh, to be clear, i I am not <laughs> I am not against vaccinations, as you know personally. My you know my my mum has been vaccinated already. Um, as soon as I have the opportunity to be vaccinated i will be um i'm just keen to keep you know a really sort of calm dialogue about it and instead of potentially discriminating against anyone who doesn't feel the same um you know i i don't want to do that because we're a as i've said many times before ramskin musical is is a venue for for everyone always will be um so i don't feel comfortable about potentially turning away 35 percent of our our regular audience it's it's just not right to me we have got gigs lined up for the rest of the year now um the majority of those gigs you know september september to let's say christmas uh new year that that looks like regular programming now you know two to three two to three events a week which is what we'd usually be doing that's kind of in the diary now um i'm personally confident about things from september going ahead We've got a few things lined up for, for the summer. Um, I'm less confident about that, but I'm sort of just playing it a bit slow, doing one or two events per week, uh, just to see how, you know, I mean, June 21st is the date where potentially everything's coming back. So just going to wait and see how that goes, I guess, because there's a, there's a lot that can go wrong between now and then. Full capacity crowds, obviously, from that date as well, but you know the the thing is we don't know the full legislation or guidance when it comes to that sort of thing so um it it you know it suggests that there'll be no social distancing but obviously covid certificates is one way but maybe rapid testing maybe still people are still talking about masks i'm not sure how masks will work particularly if you're singing along to to a song um so, yeah, it's still it's still all quite up in the air, which obviously as a as a venue owner, as a as a booker, it does make you quite anxious to, to sort of um, organise and schedule events. But there's nothing I can really do. There's nothing we can really do except just roll with it for now. Um, it's all we have. So that's what we're going to do.
0: Fans are already being booked to perform at the venue after June the 21st when it's hoped gigs will be able to resume. Figures given to the podcast show councils in Kent have lost at least £12 million in parking revenue over the past year. Canterbury is the worst affected authority and said to be facing a £5 million shortfall. Despite non-essential shops reopening on Monday, some analysts are saying the next year will be just as bad as we continue to do more shopping online. However, business owners on one of Kent's most historic high streets have been telling us they can't wait to welcome shoppers back. Non-essential stores in Rochester, like elsewhere, are able to trade again from the start of next week when more lockdown restrictions are relaxed. Headdresses, gyms, outdoor eating and drinking, libraries and zoos can also reopen but social distancing remains, along with the rule of six. First up, we've been catching up with Nina, who's opening a brand new pub in Rochester High Street with her family.
2: Yes, yeah, so it's a family-run thing, um, and we are half Austrian as well, so the pub is going to be um, an, sort of a mixture of our two cultures. So There's going to be an Austrian, um, Austrian and sort of Kentish um, pub, and um, so we're going to serve Austrian and German beers, lagers and wines and spirits and then also local Kentish ciders and ales and, and things like that. And yeah, we've got a lovely garden that's opening on the 12th of April and we've got three rooms inside as well. The building wasn't a pub before, so we've had to p- completely build the whole setup. So we've built the bar and everything and then obviously with the government guidelines that we can open our garden, that's been the priority. So we've been you know, getting the garden ready, and um, you know, making sure the tables are socially distanced and everything, and just making sure that we've got everything in place, ready to be open, and you know, the track and trays, and everything that we have to do, and just making sure that we're in a position to, yeah, open and keep everyone safe, but also that everyone can just enjoy themselves after not going to a pub for so so long. <laughs> Further down the high street from Three Sheets to the Wind
0: is the George Vaults. Their garden will also be open. Zach is one of the managers.
3: Well, our regular customers will, will see a change straight away and they walk through the bar. We've had uh, several refurbishments done on the bar itself, uh, mainly for the, for the guys who are working. They've got a brand new cocktail station to uh, get cracking on, which we're excited to boost. And we've also got new furniture as well set up. So obviously on the 12th of April, we've only got the garden available, but we've got 24 tables out here. We can only have six at maximum to a table. Um, but we've got this beautiful garden bar over here that we're going to open up and uh, we're getting ready to crack open. We've been locked down now for four months. We thought it was originally going to be one month. Uh, came to Christmas period and we thought we were going to be reopening, but then we were stuck into tier three. So, um, yeah, we are we all buzzing to get back and see our regulars and see everyone out on the high street.
0: A herbalist company didn't previously have an outside space for shoppers, but Alex says they've been working hard to make sure they can open too with a bit more room.
3: We're actually expanding the space, having more space to allow, not more people in, but more space on the premises. So the garden, we have an outside space at the garden that hasn't been used before. Uh, So we've used lockdown to do up the garden, shall we say, make it nice fit for public use. So in terms of what we're doing throughout lockdown, we've been doing the garden, um, that's going to be open, I wouldn't say April the 12th for, for afterwards, to allow people to have a bit more interaction, you know, to be able to come in and of course there'll be the measurements in place, but when we are allowed people inside, fully in sale, there'll be more space for people to be, have that sort of social distancing and still have the same sort of vibe
0: in it. Restaurants that have been doing takeaway during lockdown are also hoping to welcome outdoor diners. While they don't have a huge area to accommodate customers, David from Chuck and Blade Burgers is looking forward to it.
3: We started as a pop-up in May, so it's about a year it started, but actually officially took over the place about nine months ago. So it's only been nine months we've been operating purely as uh, click and collect online. And then we had a brief brief spell in the summer where it warmed up a little bit and COVID restrictions changed. Everyone came inside briefly and then snatched away from yes. us. Um, but now uh, there's plenty of people here. So uh, now it's just gonna be nice for people to meet maybe meet up as friends, groups, and get food together. And then they'll walk off down the high street and take some more takeaway food. So.
0: Also, two Kent Debenham stores are to temporarily reopen to complete their closing down sales. The Gravesend and Westwood Cross shops are going to open their doors on Monday to sell any remaining stock at discount prices. Debenham's fell into administration last year and will disappear from our high streets to remain open online only. Kent Online reports. Plans for a new restaurant in Whitstable have been rejected amid fears the outside dining area would have had a serious negative impact on nearby residents. The owner of Alla Turca had been hoping to open a branch in the town's former job centre in the High Street, but councillors voted unanimously against it. There had also been concerns over increased noise, less of privacy and too many restaurants already in the area. Paul O'Grady, meantime, has been given permission to build a guest house at his country home near Ashford. The comedian and TV presenter wants to knock down a neglected cottage to make room for the new building next to his property in Aldington. And a new alfresco dining experience complete with palm trees is coming to Folkestone. The team behind the harbour arm will open the outdoor space called Beachside in June. Work is already underway and you can see pictures of what it's eventually going to look like on the website. And chances are you've Googled yourself in the past. Well, now we're able to reveal the most wicked celebs in Kent. Yes, a map showing who we've been looking up on the online encyclopedia has been published and includes the likes of Canterbury's Orlando Bloom and Mackenzie Crook, who was born in Maidstone. The most searched for person in the county is Diana Princess of Wales, who went to school in Sevenoaks and was recently portrayed by Kent actress Emma Corrin in The Crown. Kent online Sports. football, and we'll find out tomorrow if Gillingham's Steve Evans and Vardy Oliver have won manager and player of the month awards. They were both shortlisted after the Jills went from fifteenth in the League One table to sixth by the end of March. They won five of their eight games, with the striker getting eight goals. And in cricket, Kent are taking on Northamptonshire in their opening game of the season. Matt Walker's side are getting their campaign underway away from home. The team are captained today by Daniel Bell Drummond. Zach Crawley's also in the side after his recent trip to India with England. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can get access to all KM Group newspapers by subscribing to the IM News app. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes
2: available. Search Serenity Parks.